I just really wanted people to realize that they are already worthy and they already have everything that they need inside of them. Hey everybody, it's KJ here. I'm checking in and ready to introduce you to today's guest, Tori Felver. Tori is the founder and CEO of Feel Good Girl, and she is your go-to nutrition expert. Her passion and focus is to help females in becoming the CEO of their wellness through restoration of their relationship with mind, body, and soul so that they can thrive. I love this episode of the show because Tori is so honest and direct and knowledgeable. She drops valuable, accessible recommendations and methods around nutrition, mindset, and fitness. So we can walk away today feeling empowered and inspired. Listen in as we draw the undeniable connections between the stories we hold inside and our body's optimal wellness. Thank you, my friend Tori, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I am excited. I'm excited to talk with you about all the things. And I know because we're friends that you have such incredible stories to share. So I'm really excited to uh, share that with the listeners as well. So my question to you to start is, do you have any mantras or philosophies that are guiding you through these days currently? Yeah, I do. And I actually think it plays such a good role in the way things are today. So that mantra is, it's only an obstacle if you decide that it is. And I've been using this mantra for several years. It's one of my favorites. Anytime I feel challenged or like I can't do something, I remind myself of this specific mantra and realize that it's just an obstacle and there's a way through it. And it's in the eye of the holder. One person might call an obstacle. Another might be like, well, this is actually an interesting challenge, or this is going to be an opportunity for me to brainstorm and and come up with another way. Absolutely. Yeah. Rewriting that message. That's right. That's right. And you know, you and I are both big fans of reframing and retelling stories. So I love that. That's a great mantra. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what you do and what, what your days are filled with, my friend. So I am a health coach and a fitness coach, and I specifically work with women. I help them lose weight, build muscle, feel good, all of those things so that they can lose fat instead of burning out. How long have you been in this health and wellness space? I've been doing this for probably about five years, but professionally two years kind of got into it myself first by just going into different types of gyms and realizing that it was a really good outlet for stress. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of what led me to actually wanting to learn more about it and then teaching others. Yeah. Oftentimes there's something pretty significant happening in our own lives that guides us into exploring coping skills, essentially. You'd mentioned them two years ago. Was there anything in particular happening at the time that led you down this path? Yeah, I actually went through a really bad breakup. And I feel like this is such a common thing when someone goes through a breakup, they're like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to work out super hard and it makes you feel really good. And that's exactly what I did. I dove in headfirst and I just learned so much about myself through doing that because for the first time, I actually made it a habit instead of you know doing it for six weeks and then stopping. So I really learned a lot about myself and what actually makes my body feel good and how to use that to be a better person. 
you said something along the lines of there is this differentiation between, especially for women and in fitness in not just specifically or even maybe generally burning fat. We're talking about an overall systemic perspective so that you don't burn out, that you don't exhaust your resources. What have you found to be the case for women specifically in the way that they approach wellness for themselves and fitness and nutrition? Anything surprising for you that you learned over your journey? Yeah, actually, the one thing that I found that's missing so often with health and fitness is you're usually only focused on either just the nutrition or just the working out. But there's this whole piece that's missing and it's the mindset around it. And so I like to incorporate all three of them together because truly when when you're focusing on all three and they're all in alignment, that's when you're going to feel your best self. And that mindset piece is the most important piece. Yeah. What would you say are some common mindset barriers or mindset themes in the women that you work with around getting well and around maybe even spending time looking at ourselves to get well? Yeah. So in in the health industry, I think the two most common ones that come up is the all or nothing mindset. And so that one is where you're like, okay, I'm going to go super hard and I'm going to eat extremely healthy, no breaks, go to the gym seven days a week. And because it's so heavy and so restricted, you end up breaking that. And then that turns into the nothing mindset where you, you think to yourself, well, I already did this, so I might as well quit. So that's a big one. And then the second one is the bad versus good mindset. And we see this so much, unfortunately, in the nutrition world where people think carbs are bad or that fruit is bad or you know that there's different foods that you shouldn't be eating. You can't eat past 7 p.m. and all of that. And the reason that that's such a bad mindset to have is because when you do have carbs or when you do have that fruit that you've been eyeing, you're going to associate doing that with actually being bad. Yes. Once we've convinced ourselves that we're actually bad <laughs> or and we're shaming ourselves around it, it's it we're digging ourselves into a hole that's harder and harder than to get out of. And so I can really appreciate the way that you indicate that it has to be a holistic approach. It can't just be, well, let's look at the nutrition and not consider what the mind or the emotional component is or vice versa. We can talk about mindset, but what about the implementation and what about meal planning and paying attention to the actual sustenance and food we're putting into our bodies? I love that you are approaching it from a very well-rounded, balanced perspective. Yeah, thank you. And and like I said, it, it really truly is the most important part because if you don't heal that piece of yourself, then when you do lose the weight, if weight loss is your goal, you're still not going to be happy because you didn't work on the actual problems that are hanging out from whatever story you grew up with, whatever body story you had, the things that you picked up from other people's beliefs. All of those are super important to take a look at. Yeah, definitely. You touched on something that is near and dear to my heart, which is um, stories, the stories either that we tell ourselves or that we learn from others. We're going to do a little flashbacking here. Do you recall as a child, any sort of stories that have stuck with you that have influenced the way that you see how to approach wellness and your self-care? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was 19 years old, my dad passed away unexpectedly. 
And it was obviously a very traumatic experience for me and shifted my entire life. I had already been dealing with anxiety at the time, and that caused the anxiety to start turning into panic attacks Mm. and all of that. So I actually let that rule my life for several years. And I convinced myself that anxiety was just who I am and that it was a piece of me and I had to just live pretty much miserable. And so it was a really dark time in my place. And I woke up one day and realized I can't live like this anymore. And I really had no idea how I was going to fix it. But I was like, I am tired of feeling like shit every day. And I'm going to make myself feel better. And so that's what caused me to really start working on my mindset. And last year, I actually went through a really intense emotional intelligence program where some of the exercises that we did, I realized how hard I was holding on to a story from when my dad died. And Mm. that story was that in that moment when he died, I told myself that I was unworthy of love and unworthy of everything that I want in life. So you can imagine, you know, even just saying that now, it's it's so crazy to me that I had held on to that for so long because it was holding me back. And it's it's interesting because as I say this now, like I see how different of a person I am. Yeah, you really have to take a deep look at those things because they affect your life a lot. Mm-hmm. How was that for you when you realized and identified that story? Um, and like you said, just recently, a year ago or so. Yeah, it was a really intense uh, practice that we went through. And as I realized that, I literally felt extreme pain in my throat. I felt mm-hmm. it move up through the top of my throat and just kind of burst out of me. Like yeah. I actually felt the release. It was the most intense thing I've ever felt. I had a headache the entire rest of the day, like terrible yeah. migraine. And I actually was told like, don't take Tylenol because it'll block off that negative energy that's pouring out of you right now. You actually want that to release and get all of it out so that that doesn't continue to hold you back anymore. Mm-hmm. The way that our bodies really, really let us know where the pain is, where the stored or blocked energy is, more often than not is associated with a a grief story or unaddressed sadness or conflict or question that we never really, that we never really had a chance to process. And so for you to say, I physically felt it here in my body and then move here. And then this is where it stayed in my head. People don't associate with the body's communication as an actual emotional response. So uncovering and then letting it come and giving the grace to experience what your body is trying to communicate with you. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, at the time when that happened, I thought I had worked through all of that. Mm-hmm. So that realization of how much your body actually does hold on to those things Um, And I knew that, but I didn't realize how much your body holds on to those things. And if you really don't take the time to work on them, your body is aware of that and continues to hold on to it. And that's why so many people end up sick. Yes. We are living during a time where there are a lot of people sick. Such an unusual and surreal time. Have you noticed or what have you noticed, I should say, in how you've pivoted and worked with people during this during this time. We've got COVID. We have cultural revolutions, racial revolutions happening right now. We're in an election year. You know, how have you pivoted and how have you moved with 
the intensity of these times, given the work you do? Yeah. So I started incorporating a lot more stress prevention with clients because stress is such a prevalent part of our lives in general, but with everything going on, everyone's feeling it a lot more than usual. So I definitely, with all of my clients now, take extra measures to make sure that they are doing the right things to manage their stress and really understanding what's actually happening on the inside of their body if they're not managing it correctly. What sort of techniques or what sort of practices do you introduce your clients to so that they can become aware of how they're holding their stress or how they're managing if they are their stress? Yeah. So I like to give them a couple different exercises. Um, a really easy one that anyone can do if that's listening right now is what I call the 557 breath. And ideally you do this, you know, when you actually are noticing signs of feeling stressed out. So if you're feeling anxious or really yucky or, you know, had a stressful call and you're upset about it, that's kind of when you want to incorporate this one. So you wouldn't actually do is you want to breathe in for a full five seconds, and then you're going to hold your breath for five seconds and then release for seven seconds. And you'll do this as many times as it takes until your shoulders relax. You feel that lump in your throat relax a little bit. You feel a little bit more calm. Yes. I love that you have markers to remind people what they should be looking for that would indicate that, yes, you you are relaxing. Did you know your shoulders were up in your ears? You know, can they be brought down a little bit? And I think we're doing that by highlighting the most important thing, which is breath, which is awareness of breath and oxygen and our very basic need. A lot of times I think folks tend to be shallow. They'll breathe up here in their neck and in their chest, but it won't actually get down to their belly or it won't move. And so I love when there's a formula like the 557 breathing that can really remind folks to come back to their bodies. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times too, like when you are feeling anxiety, you just kind of have to trick your subconscious to remind yourself that you are in the present moment and that you're safe. So breathing is a really good way to do that. Let's take a second to pause in this amazing conversation for a quick check-in. If you're enjoying this episode and have found value in the stories from the guests who've joined me on the podcast, I would love it if you could rate and leave a review for the show. You can do so on Apple Podcasts or any of your listening platforms. Your reviews help boost visibility of the show and spread the word to more listeners. Plus, I love hearing from you. If you have found anything you've heard on this show valuable or helpful for you, please let us know. And it's really easy to do. And it takes maybe a minute. You can go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash astonishing stories. Also, a little something to consider. Every review you leave enters you into a chance for winning a free 30-minute private session with me to discuss anything of your choice. I'll pick the name of the winner every Friday and announce it on my Instagram and Facebook stories. So let's hear it, friends. Ratethispodcast.com forward slash astonishing stories. I really appreciate you. When you mentioned that time where you were having panic attacks and you were really having a hard time with your anxiety and stress, what helped you out of that? 
it at first was just really like coming to terms with what I, that that's what I had because at the time I was, I was pretty young and anxiety wasn't talked about that much. Mm -hmm. So I just thought I had something weird and I never really told anyone I was experiencing it. I really don't think I heard the word anxiety until maybe I was around 20. Mm -hmm. So I lived with it. I started experiencing it when I was 16. So I lived with it for quite a while, not knowing that's what it was. And, you know, I was very much like, woe is me. I was like, like this sucks and I'm miserable and that's just how I have to be. But when I had that realization that life didn't have to be like that, it was really pivotal for me because you really have to allow yourself to acknowledge that you have whatever it is that's bothering you so that you can start to work through it. And I just dove deep in with like mindset books and meditation and breathing techniques and just really took it upon myself to start learning so that I could start to learn techniques that worked for me. Yeah. Awareness is the number one stop for it all. Same with when I'm working with folks for depression issues or um, also anxiety issues. But first and foremost, where are you noticing it? Did you even notice that this is occurring right now? Did you notice that you've been holding your breath and, and that you've been feeling a particular way that you're not sleeping? Oftentimes, like when we don't or when we take a, a day off for the first time after working like several days straight, we don't realize how tired we are until we stop. It's kind of the same thing with coping, especially with anxiety or depression. It's just stopping and noticing first what, what you've been doing, how you've been carrying on this time. So. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing that really helped me, I don't remember where I learned this, but someone told me to start questioning my thoughts. Um, so like when you're in an anxiety attack, like I, I literally would ask myself like, why am I feeling anxious? And I would write that down. Whatever that answer is, I would ask more questions. Like what's the worst thing about that? And I would keep answering that until the actual answer was something so meaningless that it was like, wow, okay, well, that's something I can easily fix. So like, I don't need to feel anxious about it anymore. Yeah. I applaud you on having the curiosity and also the courage to still push forward, even though like you had said, Anxiety or any sort of emotional duress was not really discussed. It wasn't something that people just would readily talk about. And even today, speaking about some of the uh, emotional stressors, it's a foreign thing for a lot of people. So I applaud you for still saying, you know what, I'm going to do some research. I'm going to, well, first ask, like interact with it instead of maybe avoiding it. You turn to it and you start to question it. Like, really? What's this about? So that takes a lot of courage, even just to flip it around and, and have those initial conversations with the discomfort. Yeah. And discomfort, like that's exactly what it is. And you have to want to fix that discomfort because it is uncomfortable. And the thing about it is it's the unsexy work that you have to do to feel better. And it's still to this day, a lot of people are like, oh, it's just anxiety. It's not that big of a deal. But when you're in that anxiety attack, it feels like the biggest deal. And it's the only thing. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's still, you know, kind of taboo. Like some people don't really believe anxiety is a real thing or that it's a very easy thing to fix, but you really have to look inward and work on whatever it is that's causing it. Mm -hmm. It's so good. I'm just sitting here for a minute, letting it sink in. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about Feel Good Girl. Yeah. So that is actually my company name. 
And I created it just because I was like, I want to feel good. And everyone else should feel good too, you know? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's literally how it was born. I just really wanted people to realize that they are already worthy and they already have everything that they need inside of them. So that kind of evolved into what I do now, which is the nutrition and fitness coaching, you know, paired with that mindset techniques that I add in there. And the reason that I do all of that is because truly when you have all of those in alignment, you're going to feel like your best self. And when you're feeling like your best self, you know, that's when you're going to make the most money in your job and Mm -hmm. you're going to have the most fun with your friends and Mm -hmm. you're going to go on the best adventures because you feel good and you're confident. Yeah, because you're engaged and you're dialed in and you're aware because you want to be there. And you have the energy to be there, which is that whole component of this wholeness, having mind, body, soul, all in alignment. I love that. And I love, it feels so good to say, (laughs) I love saying the name of Feel Good Girl. (laughs) And it makes sense. Like you said, it's just, well, I think it's a, it's a mantra and it's a charge and it's, it's a philosophy. Like we can feel good, girl. I mean, and to celebrate that, like there isn't any shame in that. And in fact, you might be your most optimal self. You could allow yourself to feel good. Yeah. So 100% loving yourself. That's what it's all about. Oh, I love that. I love that. So in addition to being a nutrition and fitness coach, you're a female entrepreneur, you are running this business. How are you able to balance it all? How are you taking care of yourself and maintaining this pace? Yeah, so it definitely took a couple tries. You know, a lot of what I teach is how to balance everything and and being a human, we all make mistakes and I I'm not <laughs> alone in that, you know. So, I definitely had to learn once I started the business how to actually manage my own time better. So, some things that I like to do for that is I actually time block. So, with clients, I see all of my clients 2 days a week for Zoom calls. That way, I am focused directly on them for that entire day rather than having it spread out through the week while I'm also working on other tasks. And anyone who is an entrepreneur, you you guys can totally use this as well. Um, If you're a creator, then, you know, take one day a week where you're going to do all of that creative stuff. So whether you're creating Canva stuff for ads or your content writing, any of those things, pick one day a week and do it all then so that your brain is all being used for the same thing and not having to switch gears every hour for a new task. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Time blocking works really, really well for me. And it can be really simple, as simple as pulling out a paper planner or in your phone using the Google Calendar or Google Tasks list to help you organize and block out, block out the amount of time needed so that you can best, I guess, utilize your energy at optimal times and get the most work done. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And make sure when you guys are scheduling out stuff like that, you want to schedule in your wellness as well. You know, I, I teach everyone of my clients this as well. It's the big thing is a lot of people think that they don't have time to take care of themselves, but you actually get to make the time because you're worthy of it. And the easiest way to start doing that is to actually put it in your calendar and schedule your day around that. So whether that means 30 minutes here and a 15 minute break somewhere else or doing your workout first thing in the morning. It doesn't matter. Make it work for your schedule, but put that in first. Mm -hmm. I love planning, planning things out, writing things out on my schedule, on my little calendar. 
I do have an electronic calendar, but I take the most pleasure out of writing down at 12 p.m. I'm going to have a nutritious lunch and I'm going to take a walk, you know, and but writing it down makes it real (laughs) and it makes me accountable for it. So I love that that tip of literally scheduling your day around these healthful, self-caring activities. Yeah. And it's a really easy way to like take a break and recharge and really make yourself feel good so that when you come back to your next task, you're full of energy and you're renewed feeling. Yeah. Were you always so active and aware of, I was going to say, there's there's different types of intelligences, which I we could talk about forever and ever and ever. And, and some of it is, is body and spatial intelligence. That's one, one realm. Were you always um, athletic and active as a child? What was, what was it like for you? Little Tori? Uh, yeah, I was actually pretty active. I tried a lot of different things. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, everything from dance, ballet to lacrosse and track and did all those. But what I really stuck with for a long time was horseback riding, which I still do to this day. But when I was younger, I actually competed um, hunter jumper. So when you're jumping over the jumps and all of that, and I won a couple of grand championships as a kid doing that, which still like amazes me. It was such a fun thing to do. um, And I still love it to this day. (laughs) Do you ever get a chance just to ride and, and be... I try to with my aunt about once a year. It's probably been two years. I mean, since we're not doing anything right now, but yeah, I would love to do it more, but it it definitely is not a a cheap thing to do. (laughs) No, no, that's true. But my goodness, you said something that was just like, yes. And that's what, that's what reminds me. If people are not sure what lights them up or what brings them just happiness or joy and activity, I always say, check back into your childhood. Mm-hmm. What did you do when you were a child? What made you happy? If you had all the time in the world and not a care in the world, what would you rather be doing? I love that. That's that. That's in your history. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I didn't. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, that's my one thing. Where no matter where I am, if I'm doing that, it's 100% true, authentic happiness. Like mm-hmm. that's what that feels like for me. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> when you can't maybe ride. <laughs> or or be out be out with the horses what do you do to prescribe self-care in a more local sense for yourself each day or week yeah i i still really enjoy working out obviously so that's a big outlet for me it's my best way to alleviate stress uh for myself um but i also have really gotten into reading so i usually read about four sometimes five books a month And they're all different. So I really like fiction. And then I also like to read a lot of different types of like self-help or mindset books or even business books. So I try to make it a pretty healthy mix um, every month of like at least one in each category. Nice. What do you currently have on your nightstand or available right now? Yeah, I'm actually reading. This is called Fingerprints of the Gods. And it's really interesting. It's a history book kind of. um, And it's about the evidence of Earth's lost civilizations. So civilizations that we were never taught about in history, like pre the Mayans and the Incas. And it is has blown my mind. That's amazing. And what led you to pick that book up? Actually, it was given to me. I was talking to someone about spiritual realms and different types of spirit stuff. And they were like, you need to read this. 
<laughs> and it's, I literally am like, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. It looks like it could also be a dense read though, too. Do you, are you able to make it through in, in chunks or is it pretty easy read? I, I don't know. It looks it, like it's, an, it's definitely an easy read, but it's something where you'll probably read like two or three chapters and need to set it down for maybe a week and digest what you read. I've been working on this particular book for maybe two, three months now. Okay. Is there any book that you've read recently or not even recently, but that you tend to go back to, or you would say was, was a book that, that you would recommend to other people or is still kind of sticking with you right now? You are a badass. I definitely recommend that. It's a great book (laughs) for anything mindset, whether you're new to that or you're old to it, either way, when you read that book, there's always something new that you can get out of that book. Definitely. I have so many other questions, but I'm just trying to narrow it down to one. We'll just have to keep talking or you'll have to come back. But um, (laughs) I'm just really grateful that you were able to speak about a very human way in working through the stressors, the very real stressors that we're all experiencing as, as a collective right now. Really, really sensible tips and suggestions on how how to make it through, how to cope. I really thank you for chatting with me about that and for coming on today. Where can folks find you if they want to know more, they want to know more about Feel Good Girl? Yeah. So the best place to find me is Instagram. I'm definitely there the most often. My Instagram is feelgoodgirl. And in girl, it is G-R-L. So there's no I in there. And I also just started a Facebook group. So if you're a Facebook lover, you can go on there. It is the Feel Good Girl community. You can search for it. And that's um, all about like health and wellness. I'll be probably dropping some workouts in there and maybe do some fun challenges for you guys as well. That is so cool. I am a part of the Facebook group. I'm a, a part of just the group in general. And I always tell Tori how... It just feels so light and supportive and Tori is so knowledgeable and kind whenever I have questions and I often do. She's your girl. So I will make sure that everybody knows where they can find you and in the show notes. But um, like I said, maybe we'll just have to have you come back because there's a lot of good stuff to get into that I know we only just brush the surface on. So yeah, I'd love to. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. All right, my friend. So we'll talk soon and thank you again. Thank you. So how much did you enjoy listening to Tori, right? It's just so good. I honestly feel like I can do just about anything after spending a little time checking in with Tori. She has such great accessible advice and recommendations for everyday optimal living. Be sure to check the show notes for ways to connect with Tori and be a part of her amazing collective, Feel Good Girl. I like to say, feel good, girl. So takeaways from today, it's only an obstacle if you decide it is. Mm -hmm. That's how we're starting the whole thing off. So number one, you decide what will be an obstacle. Number two, you can actively decide to change your life because you deserve to feel better. Number three, break free from the two most common mindset barriers. The first, all or nothing. The second, bad versus good. Number four, question. What stories are we holding on to that we should let go of? Are these stories holding us back? Number five, 
the body stores unaddressed grief stories, which can lead to sickness. Number six, living optimally means building your day around self-care and wellness, not the other way around. Try time blocking and scheduling in your calendar. Self-care and wellness comes first because they are your priority. The other tasks of your day can be arranged second around the consideration and placement of your wellness practices. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, I hope you will consider leaving a review for the podcast on any of the platforms you listen in on, and that can include Google, Spotify, Apple iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. Plus, if you leave a review, you've entered yourself into a weekly drawing to win a one-on-one private session with me to discuss pretty much anything you want. 30 minutes, one-on-one, it's yours. So what I do is I pull the names of the reviews for the week on Fridays, and I announce the winner on my Instagram and Facebook stories. And it's super easy to enter. All you need to do is just leave a review. If you would like a direct link to leave a review, you can go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash astonishing stories. Thank you again for hanging out with me today for yet another inspiring conversation with a resilient, incredible woman. I'm looking forward to seeing you for another episode next time. It'll be with another resilient game changer. But this is all in the name of continuing the sharing of stories of Astonishing Light. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Stories of Astonishing Light podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can support this podcast in three different ways. Number one, post a screenshot of the podcast on your Instagram stories or in your feed and tag me at Bliss Begins Within so I can repost you. Number two, share this podcast with a friend whom you think might enjoy it as well. And third, leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts so that we can continue to grow our audience and reach more listeners. I'm so grateful to spend time with you sharing such resilient stories. We'll see you next time.